Hello there. Welcome to A Certain Point of View. If you're new to the podcast, please be sure to go subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever podcast platform you use. It would really help us out. Also, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at certain underscore POV pod, on Instagram at certain point of view pod, and join our Facebook group and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. The links to those are in the description below. And with all that out of the way, let's talk some Star Wars. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. Hello there. Welcome to A Certain Point of View. I am your host, Michael Hoover. This is a Star Wars podcast, and today we are going to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, Chapter 4, or Part 4, whatever. And uh, tonight's going to be a blast, you guys. We have our co-host, Curry Morris, joining us tonight. So glad you could be here, Good man. to be here, man. Yeah, and then we also have special guest, Lore Seeker, returning again. What's up, man? What's up, brother? Appreciate you having me on for my certain point of view. Of course. I always want your certain point of view. And, uh, dude, we've had you on a couple of times. This is the first time we've had you on with Curry on yeah. here. So um, this is going to be fun. I think you guys are I think you guys are going to hit it off. <laughs> Just a prediction. But, hey, listen, this is the first time I've actually had a show with Curry since Obi-Wan started. Yes. So, um, I want. I'm gonna get Lore Seeker's thoughts here in a second, but I I want to know really quick, Curry. Just general thoughts on the show up to this point, not including not including this past episode. Yeah. So first three episodes, absolutely in love with where it's going so far. It's not perfect. There's some flaws here and there. You know, I think we can all acknowledge the little things or the nitpicks that we all will have. But the broad strokes, perfect. <laughs> the broad strokes of the show <laughs> here and there. Yeah. It. <laughs> it, it's really just been right up my alley. This is a show I've been looking forward to for some time. This is a, a concept that I've wanted since episode three. Like, what did Obi-Wan do through these times? And the emotion has worked for me. The story has worked for me. The surprises have worked for me. And I just am heavily invested. Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie. And seeing the pretty much a direct sequel to that in the sense of, like, the themes and the, the plot threads really being referenced and heavily leaned upon has been super duper exciting. So I'm, I'm stoked. Dude, I mean you, it's, it's so great. Cause you know, we agree on stuff sometimes with star Wars, but when we disagree, it is, we really disagree. And it's pretty, Passionate. it can get, it's, it can get heated. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very fun, passionate debate. We, we have quite often, but we're on the exact same page on this show. Pretty we much. Are. I'm, uh, I'm I'm very much loving it, but you guys all know that. Lore Seeker, what do you think about the show so far up through the first three episodes? The first three episodes? Yeah, um, just but not getting to this week's episode just yet. It's not perfect, but it's mm -hmm. good. It's, it's, it's definitely good. Uh, and I've watched, if I'm comparing it to, say, other Star Wars um, shows, I've watched it more than I've watched Book of Boba. I, I've probably watched each episode twice on Book of Boba. The uh, episode two and three, the ending of episode two, I watched like 20 times uh, when he finds out about Anakin Skywalker. Uh, and then oh, the, yeah. the three, I've watched four times. And then episode one, I just think that's a really good opening, sh you know, episode for the series. Yeah, man. I, man, I love, I love episode one. That's probably still my favorite, to be honest. Um, it's so good. But uh, I, I've absolutely loved this show so far. Agreed. It's not perfect. There's, Honestly, like, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of nitpicking going on out there. There's a lot of like weird complaints going on that I've seen that I really disagree with. I think Deborah Chow overall has done an excellent job with direction. Um, for me, it's more like weird edits, uh, weird, like th there's, there's more editing issues and, and I, directing is involved with that. So I understand that, but, um, like just camera work wise and all that. I think, I think it's, it's been filmed. Well, I think some edits have been super wonky and they leave me like, they take me out of it every now and then like, wait, what? Okay. Got it. <laughs> like I always have to think about things like it and takes me out of the show. So I do think there's been some, some issues here and there, but man, i really have loved the show as a whole. Uh, I, I think it's going through I think it's really developed o Obi-Wan's character well in this time. And 
it, while at the same time having a you know the plot moving the plot along at a pretty brisk pace but not too brisk it feels very healthy at least it has you know we haven't talked about this episode yet um but yeah i i've really enjoyed it i've lo- i really i honestly i've i love the show to be honest um i'm a big fan of it um we'll see how it ends uh i we'll see how it ends i don't know if it'll be to me the mandalorian might still be the best star wars show you know live action show i think that one is very consistent um in my in my view i think that one is just and it knows what it is and it just is that you know what i mean it doesn't it's not trying to be anything that it's not and it's just confident in what it is and i think what it is is fantastic right um, the mandalorian has no chains right yeah he, he can do whatever they can write whatever they want as long yep. as not killing darth vader you know completely breaking the the, the timeline he can do whatever mm-hmm. he wants kenobi it's like all right we have he can't do this. 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 And he can't do this. Uh, so they're really constricted on what story they can tell. Everyone thinks they can make the perfect Kenobi story, but until they put you in a the the round table and say, what story do you got for us? And you start writing it down. You're like, oh, wait, that won't work either. That won't work. So what they've given us so far, I think is, um, like I said, it's pretty good. I'm yeah. I agree, man. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's so ironic too, because the Legends Kenobi book is like a very like, character focused i haven't read it but i've read like a lot of de- details about it it's tatooine focused it's very character focused complaints that it was boring and they wish they they would have done more with it when it came out and now the people complaining about kenobi want what the kenobi novel was people just can't make up their minds <laughs> the, the- well, it, it, yeah because uh so i read the kenobi book when it came out uh, i pre-ordered all the books nice. and I'm, I'm reading in the first week and uh i was like well, so you get you get this book and it's literally what everyone on on Twitter or whatever is saying. Like, I want to watch Kenobi just sit in the sand and and do and <laughs> the wall and protect Luke from five miles away. And that's almost what this book was. And it's a it's a boring book. It really, <laughs> that's that's what I heard. But I have I, I probably read that in now I'm I'm 30 years old now. I, I was in school for sure. So it was a while ago. I probably do need to give it a reread just because my kid brain probably just wanted action. I bet you I would enjoy it more as an yeah. adult. Uh, but trust me, you don't want that um, on there. He finds out that Anakin or Vader's alive, literally drinking um, Jawa juice at the the cantina. And he, he's watching the hollow news. Like the hollow news yeah. comes on and he's like, Vader's alive. Like, is that really how you wanted him to find out in the show? Like just drinking by himself at the they, bar? They put that <laughs> no. excerpt. Um, in the like Dark Lord of the Sith book or Rise of the Dark Lord book or whatever, the third one right after Avenger of the Sith about uh, yeah. Darth Vader, they put that as like the last moment. And I was like, at the time, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is how Kenobi finds out he's Vader. But it's so much better in the show. Like, it feels so much more personal. And not he just That's randomly cool. found out. That scene is the one I'm talking about that I watched like 20 yeah. times. Like, the little 10 second rewind on, my, on, on Disney, I just kept hitting it. Yep. His, dude it's so good his acting is amazing when he he's sitting there and he's like he's like and he says anakin out loud and you know leia's just so close like she's the she's the fly on the wall watching history and she doesn't even know it it's yeah crazy. i love that dude oh my gosh yeah that's that scene is absolutely amazing so emotional you're right you and mcgregor's performance in that part it's i feel the fear and the anxiety and the tr- like just all of the the guilt and all the shame just like on him in that moment. And just like, wait, he's alive. The, I can't even imagine what he's got to be feeling. And uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, well, Hey, why don't we get in? We just, so you guys know, this is not going to be our typical two hour discussion tonight. We do have a time cut off. We, we will be finished around eight 45. Um, and so, uh, we got to get into this discussion. So, um, let me just say, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do. That would really help us out and leave us a rating and review. Go follow us on all of our social medias. That is down in the description below in the audio podcast when it is released. And um, thank you for being here in the chat. I know there's at least a few of you in there. So welcome. And again, let us know that you're here and we will be reading your comments as we go as it, as long as they are, um, they're good and pertaining to what we're talking about. So uh, let's dive in guys. Let's start with lore seeker. I want to hear, general thoughts and we'll go into details but general thoughts about this episode and what what you thought about it and this is part four. First watch i thought um 
that it was it was short but to the point so i was okay with it being not as long as uh you know 45 minutes as well we were used to and i know there's a lot of complaints but we just want there's nothing wrong with wanting so much more kenobi right so yeah i was okay with it but i'm i'm tired of the rescue act like i don't want to see the next three episodes of them trying to save leia i'm glad they just got it over with right they gave us a 30 minute episode to the point save leia and now we can get on to episode five and six which i'm assuming is going to be at jabeem and we're going to get some real kenobi general kenobi type story um so i was i was excited and the easter eggs in this one if you compare it to almost any other show we've gotten per episode it was filled with a new hope and fallen order easter eggs they're everywhere every scene every scene has an easter egg it's crazy and i love it that's great man how about you, Craig? Yeah. <clears throat> so I was, I share a lot of the thoughts that Lore Seeker does in terms of like the excitement over the Easter eggs and um, glad that they got that story out of the way. But I'm also frustrated with this episode a little bit. I was, I was mildly disappointed, um, I should say. This was the f- episode where I first kind of, those nitpicks, uh, it's actually amazing, Michael. I completely agree with my biggest nitpick is the editing of the show. And, Something about this one just really stood out as kind of awkward in places, seemingly rushed together and just choppy. And I have said to a couple people that it almost feels like this this is a wildly short episode. It's 32 minutes. I almost feel like it either should have been shorter and part of another episode or make that journey more worth it and give us more story within what happens. They a lot like is hinted at or shown, but they don't really do anything with it. And I know that will come later, but for this to be an only a six episode show for them to have a detour for another rescue mission where not really much happens in way of advancing the plot other than rescuing Leia, I I was a little bummed. And I think some of the execution was a little wonky. Like uh, when Tala smacks the stormtrooper's helmet, (laughs) like he like, is like, ah, it falls back like there's just some awkwardly blocked and directed executed scenes there um that kind of bogged it down a little bit but that being said there's still a lot of good to make up for it um would you would you think that she was trying to get kenobi like she wanted it to end here but because she couldn't get to kenobi she allowed him to leave because she could easily put the tracker on the pilot ship back at the mining planet and then allowed leia to get on that ship and then followed her there you know what i mean i don't know if it was a kind of like desperate things so Vader wouldn't kill her and like she kind of thought of it in the moment or it was just a backup plan. I'm not really sure. Um, That's my, that was my only thing because it was like she has the, she got the same goal with a lot more work, yeah. right? Yeah. She, Cause she's a, she's a smart inquisitor. She, she made it this far. Why not just put the tracking droid or the tracker on the pilot ship, allow Leia to leave, go to Jabeem and then send the fleet there and take care of business. Yeah. I think another thing too, Michael, is it feels really easy. Um, And I didn't really think of this criticism until I talked with some others last night. (laughs) You know who those guys are, Michael. But uh, like, no idea. They they get into the base like super easy. Like the whole thing feels like a screen rant uh, pitch meeting. Like it was super easy, barely an inconvenience. That was my big. So my thing was. It, I was so surprised by how quick the episode moved to the fortress. Like they had like a five minute discussion and no one raised their hand like, Hey, um, can we just go over the details of this master plan? Because we're just, we're rushing this and Kenobi's like, let's do this. We're going, we're going now. They get there. And the only difference between Kenobi's entrance and Kestis entrance is that Tala needed to open the door for him instead. (laughs) That's the only new security. They just locked the door instead of kept it unlocked. Yeah. Oh man. And, that's all that's all it and takes. I think the the biggest takeaway, and Michael, then I'll shut up and let you talk, I promise. The biggest takeaway is that they, okay. they went that route and they made it super easy and quick. And when it could have been a full episode, it could have been the mission impossible episode of Kenobi, right? Like they could have really like gone all in with the heist. And instead of doing that, they tell a quick story that completely not completely, but very quickly overlooks the events of the previous episode. Like I wanted to see Kenobi reeling from what just happened and really deal with the trauma. And I know that's coming. I know we will get that. 
it just seemed a little odd to put that on the back burner so quickly and rush into another rescue mission when we have already had one. I know that sounds super critical. I still enjoyed the episode, but this was the only one where I was just like, uh, I'm struggling with it a little bit. Not at all, dude. It did not sound super critical because I felt the same thing. And I watched it three times. Well, I would say I watched it two and a half times because the first time I watched it was at 2 a.m. Central time. And I fell asleep for a good solid. Uh, I didn't know how long I fell asleep for until my second watch. I fell asleep for a good 15 minute chunk <laughs> in the middle. And so my first watch was not a good one. Um, and but uh, <laughs> so I, the second time was much better for sure. Um, so but I agree, man. It was like so I I generally have a lot of the same thoughts. I, I do think this episode has more character stuff than is given uh, than is given credit for. But it is it is unnecessarily rushed. It like this episode has a lot going on, and I don't understand the need to cut it down to 32 minutes when there are spots that are very noticeably like like I, the how quickly, first of all, how you know, I'll talk about the the very beginning in a second because I totally agree with you. I wanted them to sit in that. I wanted them to sit in Obi-Wan like I wanted I think this is just me with this show. I wanted Obi-Wan to just wrestle with his trauma like for the entire episode. Like I wanted this to be that episode. I'm good if it's another one. It's going to happen. It's got to happen at some point. But um but I did ex- I, you know, I, I had expectations and you know, maybe that's my fault, but it did make sense for it to he was in the back of the tank. He was having these flashes with Vader. Really cool. I really like that symbolism. I really like what's going on there. But it just was like, it was so quick. And he's like, where's Leia? And then the very next thing was they're walking out to this new character. Uh, what's his name again? Rick, uh, Roken. What's his name? Roken. Yeah, Roken. They go out and just meet this new character, Roken. And, um, and it was just like, wait. We're just going now. We're just boom out of here. And I just felt like that was really rushed. And uh, like they didn't, we didn't even see a conversation between Obi-Wan and Tala about like, like who's like, I don't know. Why are they going to find specifically Roken? I don't know this character at all. They didn't really introduce him very well. I still don't know anything about him. And his scene. So I don't know if they shot that on the volume or if they green screened him in. Cause it kind of looked like it. It looked bad. Like, Notice me back. I didn't notice that. If you go back and watch, there's like a weird outlining around him. And it looks mm-hmm. like they CGI'd him in or because it doesn't look like a volume shot. It looks like the background maybe. And then they inserted him in. It was just super odd looking and it really took me out of the moment. And I know that's like crazy nitpicky. But no, like, I mean, that's, I, hope you're I didn't right. notice it. But because we were only getting six episodes and we weren't greenlit for a season two at the time of the making of the show. I don't think we're going to get Kenobi traumatized by episode three. And here's why, because he comes out of the back to tank. And I thought when he comes out of the back to tank, he's going to be like, man, I just took a, a loss. Let me go in the corner and cry about it for a little bit, which is what, you know, we wanted to see, but he pops out and he's like, Leia. So when he walks around the corner, he just has those clone war robes on and he's walking like Kenobi and what's his name again? The new Broken. character. Roken. I don't know if any. I don't know why I didn't catch this till the second. He called him General. He calls him mm-hmm. General. And instead of saying, "Don't call me General. Don't call me Obi Wan. I'm Ben Kenobi," he just takes it. And he's like, "This is the mission, and this is what we're gonna do." So I think Kenobi's back. I think it was one of those. It wasn't a loss where he's gonna go back to the gym and dwell on it. He goes. He's going back to the gym, and he's like, "When's my next match?" That's what I think now. Mm. I think they're going to skip that because, like I said, at the time of the filming of this, we didn't know there was going to be a season two. Dude, okay, so yeah, here's the thing. I don't know about that. I think, honestly, that hasn't been confirmed by anyone, like, really legitimate yet. So I'm not thinking that yet, um, personally. And I honestly don't want it. I don't want a season two. I I don't either. I just want them to go. I want, like, I, I really do think... I think it's still going to happen because we still need, he still needs to meet with Qui-Gon. He doesn't seem fully there yet to me. He I doesn't seem fully. I, I think Qui-Gon well, he could on be, I guess. with overlooking Luke is the ending. 
That could be. Them. That could be. You could be Personally, right. Personally, what I what but... I think is going to happen with Qui Gon is Qui Gon is going to be the emotional catalyst for him to really come back into the Kenobi persona to to let go. That's what I'm because Obi Wan's big thing. Like, uh, Lore Seeker, have you read the Revenge of the Sith novelization? In high okay. school, years so ago. I re I reread it uh, like two years ago, and one of the big things that it emphasizes, and I know it's legends, but it wasn't at the time, is Obi Wan is very gifted at letting go of attachments and not letting them cloud his judgment while still being compassionate and truly becoming one with the Force. The whole concept of I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me, and I think Qui Gon is going to be the emotional catalyst at his most desperate time and of need, and he'll show up because that's when Force ghosts always show up. It's always mm-hmm. when the characters really need that lift, almost like the Force wills it that way. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at Yoda and uh, Obi-Wan in the original trilogy, look at Yoda in The Last Jedi. There it is, Michael. I did it tonight. I brought it up. Take a drink. <laughs> Water. I wonder if you're, I wonder if you're I, I'm just throwing a random thing out there. Like, if, if so, if Qui Gon's talking to Obi Wan, like right now, and he's hearing him, I wonder if anybody else can hear Qui Gon if they're in the same room. I don't know. Because could Vader hear Qui Gon talk? He's like, "What's going on here?" I don't know, but anyway, Qui Gon. What if Vader saw Qui Gon's Force ghost? That's what I was. That's what I was thinking in my head. Like, what if they're fighting and Qui Gon comes out and it stuns Vader? Like, what's going that would on? That'd be here? awesome. Like, I don't. It probably won't awesome. happen, but that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hey, look, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I kind of want. I've been thinking the way Curry is with that. I think that I still think that's something like that's going to happen. Sure. But dude, I got to be honest. I also like the idea of him. I think both. I think why not both? Yeah. He needs him to become that Obi Wan that we know again, or at least set him on that path. And then at the end of the show, he is there watching over Luke with with Obi Wan. Why not both? Like it could, it could, it could happen. Yeah. You know, that was the coolest part of the show for me was him walking around the corner in his regular robes and then being called general. I don't know why. I guess it was like the dude, it hit me too, man. I'm not gonna lie. It really it was, did hit me. I guess it's like the military in me, you know, someone like you know, recognizing like, hey man, you 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 know, his time of service, and it was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like I just love that part. Um, like you need to leave, you need to leave now, but I still respect you. I have I have respect for you no matter what. That's yeah. pretty cool, dude. I love that. But yeah, man. Okay, so big general thoughts of the rest of the episode. I really once it got to the rescue, I loved it. Like honestly, I did feel the pacing was pretty good once it got going. It felt rushed before the rescue, but once he got to the fortress, I felt like it was moving along and I was just like I was in it and I was really enjoying it. And so um, I really, I really like all that stuff. I do think there is some more character work being done here with Obi-Wan than is given credit. And I think it has to do with the nature of how at the beginning of the episode, Obi-Wan is having a hard time even moving a small object with the force, you know, on the ship. And, um, so there is this line in, I believe it's Light of the Jedi. It could be another High Republic novel, but it's it basically the line basically is that, um, and this might not be exact, but the, it basically says the Jedi are at their most powerful when they are helping people. And I couldn't get like I I my second watch through, I really started to notice this because the first one was just like I just felt like it was just a really quick episode. Um, plus I was asleep. Um, but I really felt like every, with every time that Obi-Wan has had to use the force in this episode, I felt like with every passing moment, he could sense Leia's danger more and more. And especially once he got into that tomb, (laughs) right. But, um, and he heard her. And from that point on, I really felt like there were, you know, whether it was, uh, whether it was the time where he was struggling, like where when he had to distract the stormtroopers with that sound, kind of like in a new hope, right? Um, when he distracted that really, that was just like, wow, that's just, that's so a new hope. Um, when he did that, it was hard for him, but in this, in this, he really was struggling with it. And then, but as it goes on, you know, you have, you have him in the hallway 
or you have him like breaking uh, before the hallway. You have him. Uh, he turns out the lights, and then you see his blue lightsaber come on, and you get awesome. you know all that stuff. That was I love that moment. That was so great. Love that moment. And then once he had Leia, and he was his mission is now I have her. I have to protect her. He was much more like I felt like in his action he was becoming more one with the force. The force was with him because he was, he was helping Leia that whole time. And so I felt like, I don't know. I did feel character development in his action in this episode. And when he, when he was in that hallway and he beats the stormtroopers and then he does that classic Obi-Wan prequel pose, I got, I got really happy. It really felt like, He's coming back. He's not, I don't feel like he's fully here yet, but he's coming back. Yeah. That's like his, this is like his training episode, like his, his Rocky. Everyone's like, where's his Rocky Balboa moment? That was it. Literally, yeah, dude. Instead of, instead of training in a garage, he actually went out into the field and he's, he's doing it. Which is better um, than a, we don't need a montage. This, that's not even like, you don't, montages don't really even exist in Star Wars. So like, is like, well, it's just a, the 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 Yoda and Luke and Leia and Ray, you know, and though you know we we've seen those, like, do we really need Kenobi now to do to to do that in the uh, the Force of Jabim, you know, or something like? No, no yeah, I liked right. this. He's on a mission. He's helping someone, and him helping someone is helping him, uh, helping him get more of more connected to the Force. And dude, when he stops the water from coming into that hall just long enough for the stormtroopers and all them to come into the hall. And then he floods it. He breaks all the rest of the glass and he floods that hall. And then he gets out. I thought that was really great. I really loved that scene. And so it was all of his action in that way really made sense to me. And it really was powerful to me. Like as he was coming back like that, I felt I got chills several points. They're so they're tying this in. So anyone who says it's breaking canon, you have to argue. Well, it's helping canon at the same time. Why does mm-hmm. why is Kenobi so adamant? You know, you must come with me to Alderaan if you are to save the the you know the rebellion. Well, to Luke, he was like so adamant to going. Well, at the beginning of this episode or the show, no, I'm not going. Well, in episode four, as soon as he gets out of the back to tank, he's ready to save Leia. Where's and then Leia? It, yeah. He's grown into this character that we know in A New Hope. So there was not a doubt in his mind when he gets that message from R2 in A New Hope that he wasn't going to go save her with or without Luke. He was going to go and try to do what he could to, to save Leia because of this show. Um, they're they're adding on to that. Um, yeah, man, he's, he's really growing back into what we know. And him and Vader are learning how to become what – you know their older age you know vader learns this trick that reva shows him with the tracking and then kenobi's learning how to be stealthy which pays off when he's on the death star so it's like the parallels to a new hope in this episode are like (laughs) it's really good man i love it i love what you said about it's it's also like you you can nitpick things right now and say they're breaking canon in certain ways and honestly the ways that I hear some people saying they're breaking canon, they're not. They're I I don't believe that they are. Uh, and then some of them, it's like some of them, it's like wait and see. We don't like we yeah. haven't seen the end of it yet. So, like, so, there's a lot of room to play on some of these things that people think are just objectively this. Where like like you know the line of you know when I met when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. There's a lot of gray there. Yeah. It's not one specific thing, you know. So. <laughs> If we didn't, if we'd never seen Star Wars, all three of us, or, or we just heard that line, we would all three interpret it different. Like, hey, man, what would you think if someone said this to you? Yeah. Uh, and then we'd all have three have different answers. Yeah. So and, you know, we all assumed, we all assumed for years that it was, you know, for years that he was clearly talking about at the end of Revenge of the Sith. But if you think about it, you can say, when I left you, I was but the learner, meaning the last time I saw you, I was but the learner. But you can also say, it works very well to say when I left you, as in when I left the order, when I left that side, I was the yeah, learner. He, now I am the master. It doesn't order 66 day. Yeah, that, it doesn't. Exactly. Exact yeah. It doesn't have to be when I literally, when I physically left your presence the last time, that's very, that there's a lot of gray there. And I think there's a lot of people that are like, 
no, there's no gray there, and there so is. I don't, it's I don't really get. It. I don't understand why people can't use their imaginations. There's no sound in space. Do you want to watch <laughs> Star Wars and not have explosion sounds? Like, just try to use, have fun, have enjoy it. Just yeah. Enjoy it. And then I think if you went into that mindset of I'm gonna try my best to enjoy this, I honestly believe you're probably mm-hmm. gonna enjoy it. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not looking at my TV with a frown on my face like this is this is terrible. Like I'm having fun and you I, better please me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, like I said, was that episode perfect? Absolutely not. No, but it was no. good enough for me to wake up at two in the morning with my alarm clock and then go back to bed forty minutes later, <laughs> uh, intent. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that was. Yeah, Curry, I know you have thoughts. Yeah, um, on that last point with that interpretation of that line, like, come on, like, yeah, you can obviously like when, when new hope came out, they're like, Oh, it's just when Darth Vader turned bad and it's revenge of the Sith. Oh, it's when like he got beaten by Kenobi. So Mm -hmm. that's why he said he was a learner. Now, if we want to continue, it's literal. My theory is that Vader and Kenobi are going to duel again and Kenobi is going to beat the pants off of Vader. And (laughs) he's going to realize he still has a lot to learn and he's not near where Kenobi is because Kenobi's in the light. And there's Yeah, I love that, dude. So, but if even if it's not, if they fight to a draw, whatever, it doesn't matter because you can still interpret it as, oh, he's just talking about Revenge of the Sith, the most traumatic part of why Vader is angry. But going rewinding a little bit, you brought some stuff up that I want to talk about. I loved yeah. when he's when he's holding the water back. Um, that's actually in a way, I don't know if it was intentional or not. Um, it's a callback to fallen order. So you go to Fortress Inquisitorius on Nur in Fallen Order. It's the last mission. It's also a rescue mission. So that's made me roll my eyes a little bit. But anyway, uh, there's a part where uh, Cal breaks the glass and someone else has to hold the water back. Um, so it was kind of reversed here. It's kind of cool. Um, I just, yeah. in moments like that, these cool like ideas on paper, I just wish they had been executed better in terms of visuals and the actual filmmaking part of it, I, I thought it was really awkwardly staged. And like, and again, it's one of those things I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. Second time I'm watching it. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous that Obi-Wan throws the water, it breaks the back windows and he's able to outrun it. Like if you really want to get nitty gritty about it. So there's that. Really quick, really quick while you're, while we're on the water part, I loved the, I loved him breaking the glass windows and making the water, go in those other windows personally i love that i agree though he should have at least been wet when he came out of that hallway like how is he not at least a little those little details are important right like those, and and it's not hard to do the door he the door's just shut and he's on the other side of it it's yeah like, yeah, yeah. It's, right. those little details are so, are so important and if they if they take care of those little details we wouldn't be taken out of the world you know yeah and like him throwing the water is actually pretty built brilliant because he's holding all that like inertia and force back and he mm-hmm. just redirects it. Mm-hmm. It's and the water literally flows like this. It's it's great. I, I like the concept and it's not awful. Right. It's just a little lacking. And that's how I felt about pretty much the combat in general in this episode. And as someone who's like a huge fan of like action scenes in general, that's like something I'm really into. I found them like there's there's a lot of wide shots. There's a lot of like hallway wandering around hallways deflecting blaster bolts kind of slowly. I just feel like that could have been tightened up in editing. That's another nitpick. Yeah. Editing. There's some awkward parts where he's standing between two stormtroopers. One fires and he blocks it. And then the other one waits to fire. Yeah. I saw that. Yep. That, that's just, that's just poor, poor staging of it. Um, that being said, the first time, actually I did notice that the first time I can forgive those kinds of things, but that's where I mean, if you're going to have a really quick episode just to get like through it and get rescue, rescue Leia, just shorten the heck out of that mission and make it the beginning of an, of another episode or the opposite, make it worth the venture there and give us more than what you did. Um, So there's that, but like they dropped this huge bombshell that there's this tomb there and Obi-Wan says, I think I know what they've been doing here. And they're like, Oh, okay, we're about to find something out. And then they don't talk about it anymore. What are they doing there? Obi-Wan didn't say. You know, that they don't, it's really vague, and maybe they want people to theorize for a week before they go into it, but they've already left there. So I'm like, will they even talk about that again? I, I, just, assumed he meant, I just assumed he meant they're they're keeping the, 
this is where they keep the Jedi that they kill. Like that's that's kind of what I assumed, but I don't I know. Maybe. That, uh, but why are they all like frozen with their eyes open? Like they're trying to be like this like the galaxy all, all of it they're trying to like intertwine everything I, if yeah. you don't see it happen in episode five or six or wherever kenobi goes in the future uh either cal kestis is going to explore that yeah. um there's going to be other characters that explore it and i've been watching and, and talking to a lot of other star wars dudes and um it could even be bad batch eventually you know the, the, there's the bats yeah. and everything that the bad batch found the cloning are they trying to like take you know i use a jurassic park reference you know they they take the the, the dna from the mosquito maybe they're trying to take the dna from these fallen jedi uh, and that's my assumption that that's kind of where my brain went as someone who has like knowledge of all those other things for someone who doesn't i feel like that's a pretty big bomb to drop to kind of just move past really quickly so in, that's another like instance where i just feel like they kind of rushed through it yeah to get to the next part it's it's hard man it's like like the i was talking to someone about this the mandalorian it the format of that show one of the best episodes was 29 minutes long uh like like one of the first episodes i think it was episode two it was like 29 minutes long and Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like that it's one adventure and it's great. And then the next one is a different adventure. And it's great. Yeah. It's like the format of that works really well. But with a format like Obi-Wan, it's it is a it's a more of a uh, you know, it's every episode flows into the next one and it's more plot driven. You know what I mean? And so the, I it's it's hard when you have shows like Stranger Things and The Boys and um and you know i don't know all these uh, some of these other shows that are coming out that are giving you longer episodes they're giving you better visual effects um even though generally they haven't bothered me with this show but every now and then it is like i don't have a problem with tv shows having that looking more like tv shows this is not a movie it does not have movie budget you know all all in all, it's about the same as a movie, but you're talking about four hours of content instead of two. So less, for, so the same amount of money is being put in, is being divided in, you know, differently. So each episode has less money to work with. It's not the same as a film budget. And so I'm understanding of that as a consumer. I get it. I'm not super picky with TV shows, but it is hard when you're giving us these like rushed episodes um you know the, there's been a couple of them in this show the first one was like 50 minutes or 52 minutes or something yeah and that's my favorite one because it didn't feel rushed at all it set up everything right. beautifully and it felt so good to me if you're doing a six minute or a six episode show it feels like it needs to have 45 minutes at least needs that yeah. needs to be your base and so that you can flesh out everything right because right now it does feel rushed at times and and so i think i'm seeing that i'm seeing a lower quality in visuals now and then when it shouldn't be and i don't feel like we have the lower quality visuals in mando i feel like mando is pretty consistent with its like visuals honestly and i think with star wars there's an expectation like because star wars is the standard for visuals in many different decades i mean you look at the original trilogy it's obvious you look at the prequels and how they haven't aged as well, but they've pioneered, you know, what filmmaking is now. And then any of the Disney era movies, if we're talking just visuals, and this is something Gabe said last night, you don't think about the bad CGI in the sequel trilogy or Rogue One or Solo because they look amazing. Yeah. Star Wars sets the standard. So when you have something a little subpar visually, it, it it's like, oh, what, what's going we're gonna on? We're going to find out Andor is confirmed to be on set everything's on there's no on location called the The volume the The volume okay yeah they where they filmed the mandalorian and all that stuff that that's that's not andor andor is like on set like it's it's post-covid i'm pretty sure uh well you know vaccine and all that stuff where they can go out and film and be healthy and all that stuff so when we get andor to compare it to then whatever we get after andor where our eyes are going to see it quick if, if, if it's actually that, you know, we're, yeah, we're constricted yeah. The, the sets and being in a building and not on, on out on location. 
yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I think Andor. I mean, just from the trailer, gosh, it looks so good. Um, uh, by the way, uh, I believe this is Jack. Yeah, Jack says, "Don't hate on the boys, dude." I'm not. I'm using that as an example. It looks incredible. Like the the first two seasons of the boys are great, and the visuals are very good. And uh, and Stranger Things as well. Stranger Things, like, there's obviously some parts, but man, Stranger Things looks very good in general with what they're trying to do. And um, yeah, and Scott says I'm not blown out of the water with Obi Wan. Yeah, I, I'm loving it, Scott, but I'm also a little bit. Uh, this this episode has been was a little bit of a setback. But I also say if this episode is the worst one of the show, we're doing pretty good. Like this is not a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination. I see right. people saying online that this episode is absolute trash and they need to i can point them in the way of some absolute trash <laughs> they, they don't watch enough movies but this episode had its issues um but it was good it was especially once it got to that for me once it got to to the actual once he got to the fortress it was pretty cool i i really enjoyed most of that and i think you know how you approach like whatever your expectations are how you criticize for example i think pretty much everyone agrees that the scene where Obi-Wan like cuts the lights out, ignites his lightsaber, looks awesome, was awesome, like executed pretty well. And, you know, on one hand, I also had a nitpick about it. And if I really focused on that nitpick, it would, it could maybe ruin the scene for me, you know, in the sense when he hits the stormtroopers with the lightsaber, they spark, but it doesn't look like there's any slash marks. There's no dismemberment. Disney has this weird thing with dismemberment in star Wars now it's wild. Like in fallen order, man, they did a strict, like no dismembering stormtroopers. Not that I like have to have that, but when you're using a lightsaber, it's like some visual consistency. Right. But I don't well, care. They've it's already shown great. in this show that they don't mind dismembering people. <laughs> it is so, right. they, they, it's like, it's like stormtroopers. They, they don't want to do it to stormtroopers. So it, it was weird. I'm like, you'll show cutting off a hand, but when Obi-Wan slices a guy across the chest, they got to pick and they got to just stick with what they pick. You know, if, if it's, yeah. if that's how lightsaber works on stormtroopers, cool. Let's just roll with it for the next 20 shows that we get, but that's they keep changing. What, it that's pretty much what they've done though. Am I wrong? Like with, with lightsabers specifically. Jango Fett. Oh, with the head. <laughs> He's not a stormtrooper either, by the way, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, his armor is better than a stormtrooper. <laughs> like the clones in the order, the order sixty six scene at the at the beginning. I kind of thought the same thing. The lightsaber hits. It's like there's a bunch of sparks, but it, they don't feel like they're doing the damage they should. That's a super deep nitpick. I can turn that off and really enjoy the scene and say, "Oh, Obi Wan rescued Leia in a way that Anakin would have rescued Leia during the Clone Wars." Obi Wan would have tried to think of some strategy, and Anakin would like cut the lights out, use your lightsaber as the light and take these guys out and get the mission done. He fought like Anakin did. And that's just like how I saw that. And I love that. And I love the lighting and how it's framed and how it's staged and how it's like reacted and just seeing Obi-Wan do something that cool. So that's what I choose to focus on. It's really not a big deal how the lightsaber hit him. It still looked decent. It just didn't look how I expected it to look when I compared it to the rest of the saga. But that's such a small thing to get hung up on. Just like the like we talked about earlier with breaking canon and the lines uh, of dialogue from A New Hope, one that we talked about last night when I was on another podcast was, you know, Leia says to Obi Wan in that message, "Years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope." There's some other stuff in there, I think. And they're like, "Well, if this happened, why didn't she say, help me like you did on Nur? Help me like you did on so and so? We spent all this time together." <laughs> I think you purposely put up comments when I'm talking just to throw me off. <laughs> sometimes, only sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, just remember, I can do it too. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but I, I see that as one. It's they say it's bad if you have to like headcanon or mental gymnastic or mental gymnastic it to like make it work. But it's so easy to do that. She's in a high tense situation in that moment, right? When she's recording that message, Vader has literally like gone onto the ship and started killing her people. And it's not wrong that he served her father in the Clone Wars and she's calling him into action. Like it still works. It's fine. It Can I see it being a little like, oh yeah, she probably could have said more, but it's not a big deal. But the and thing is she didn't fine. say in, conflict with anything. She didn't say in that, in that call years ago, I've, I, she, she never said in that call, I've never met you, but years ago you served my father. 
There's there's nothing that says anything like that. You can, you know, before we inferred that, but we didn't, you don't know that for sure. There's room to play. But she didn't say the words, I've never met you, but I know you know my father. Years ago, you served with him. That wasn't in the thing. So there's room to play. That I think some of these, you know, canon keepers that we have out there are, um, they need to just ease, just cool it, cool it a little bit. I understand canon's important. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. But uh, Curry, I mean, I know you you think that, yeah, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm like huge into that. You're I'm the like biggest the canon biggest person I know. <laughs> so Yeah, I'm like, be consistent with it. But at the same time, there's, there's wiggle yeah. room there. If anything, Return of the Jedi demanded it after the prequels came out. Because yeah. Return of the Jedi, he says, your uh, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. That is not what happens in Revenge of the Sith. Right, so that's, they could fix it now. <laughs> exactly, and, that's, and I'm really hoping they do. I think that will be kind of a missed opportunity to not somehow address that. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah. I rest so my Really quick, we got to we gotta wrap up here in you know, between 10 and 20 minutes here. So um, we, we would be remiss if we didn't at least. We got to talk about the Reva and Leia side of things here. Um Really enjoyed Leia a lot in this episode. You didn't. I, I see your face there. You didn't. You don't seem I, to like it. Uh, I enjoyed Leia. I loved Leia. Okay, I liked Riva in this episode. I actually did. Now, I'm still waiting to learn about her. I'm still waiting mm-hmm. to learn more about her. I still think we will. But um, in this episode, I did really enjoy like that that you know back and forth between them i lo- when i i'm not kidding i laughed hysterically i laughed so hard when leia said is this a staring contest yeah. <laughs> it, that it was really, amazing it was a poe moment it was like who's gonna talk first you talk first i talk it was first. A, like it was an anakin moment it, like that was her dad coming out in her. oh it like, totally was, was but it reminded me so much of who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. <laughs> For like Poe uh, to to Kylo, but it absolutely it was totally Anakin. It was totally a. It was so like snarky. I loved it. It was so. You know who it was? It was Leia. That was so Leia. I loved it and um, and seeing how strong she is and how I don't know. I I just loved that. I don't have a lot to go in depth with it, but I enjoyed the back and forth between the two of them. Reva's performance is better every week for me. I I liked her in this episode, dude. I know we got to go, we got to stick here for a second, but we got to talk about that Vader thing, <laughs> Vader walking in. But before we go into that, Curry, go ahead with your thoughts on on this scene. Yeah, I thought Leia was great. The fact that that actress can just hold her own so well, like with her co-stars, says a lot about her. Because um, you know, child stars, kid actors can be. It, it can go either way. Yeah, yeah, it can be hit or miss. Um, Reva, though, I have seen some complaints and heard some complaints. It's like if they're trying to make Reva more intimidating. And by the way, I have mispronounced her name as Reva so many times. <laughs> so if I do it, I'm sorry. You're doing I good do it in my own content. Reva, gotta get that. They're trying to make Reva intimidating, and it worked really well in the first episode, which is chopping people's hands off and like going crazy. And then later on, episode two, kind of. Mm-hmm. struggle with that a little bit and if their goal was to work on that here <laughs> which you can't scare a 10 year old even though that 10 year old is leia i do sympathize with the criticism of like yeah she's not intimidating at all and i am i disagree with you here michael i think her performance was a little bit weaker again this week um and i i don't think it's particularly her fault she's just played very straight and very uh very forceful and i struggled with that a little bit on the first one but when I rewatched it, I picked up on something I didn't the first time. And I don't know if either of you noticed this. Reva is, is she trying to come off intimidating? You know, she's, she's, she's forcing, trying to force it out of Leia's mind. She repeatedly threatens her over and over and over again and delays it, delays it, delays it. Does she really want to hurt her? Or is she trying to push Leia and get it out of her so she doesn't have to? It almost seems like she keeps delaying the fact that she's going to have to torture her. She was. I don't think she was ever trying to hurt Leia. I, I, there's yeah. something. There's an overlying thing going on with with uh, Reva that we don't know about. I think she's a turncoat. I don't know yet. Um, but it, she's definitely stubborn because if you're a ten year old, male or female, you put fifth brother in there, 
you're probably going to be like, oh my God, like, what is going on? He's scary. Like, I don't want to, I'll tell you whatever you need to know. Like, he's literally a Halloween costume walking. Like, and, and then Reva is just a, a human being, right? She's just a mad teacher, is what she sounds like. I'm in detention. Like, you're not, I'm in detention already. So I don't even care. Like, that's exactly what Leia's thinking. But fifth brother walks in there. She's probably going to like be a little intimidated by that. So I thought he would have been a better interrogator. And then, of course, at the end, he's, he's tell, saying that she made a mistake or whatever. Uh, but the when they announced Luke and Leia in this show, I was bummed out. I didn't I didn't want them in this, but Leia is my favorite character um, so far. She's been in, so uh, good, man. And she's got more talent as a ten year old than I have as a a grown man. It's crazy. Like incredible actress. Yeah. She's gonna have a great career. But uh, the 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 line where she says this is a staring contest. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, I laughed so hard. Like 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 it wasn't just a. <laughs> That was funny. It was a legitimate, like, bust out laugh. Like, I, it was great. Man, I, I I do disagree a little bit with the intimidation. It wasn't like physical intimidation, but there were moments. I she, Leia was frightened in this scene when when she told when she told Leia that Obi Wan was dead. Leia was I you know she didn't know one hundred percent because when she finally saw Obi Wan again, she was relieved that he was still alive. She believed that there, he could be dead, um, that very much, and 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 you could see the fear. But even despite being afraid, this is what made it great for me. I don't. I think she was intimidated. I think she was afraid. But despite that, she was still strong enough to not give the information. You know, and I love yeah. that moment where she was like, "I just have to tell my dad first. I just have to tell my father first. That's okay, right? You said we're on the same side. <laughs> I was like." <laughs> so like she is yes i felt like she was intimidated i felt like she was scared but she was still strong enough and that's why it was great for me so i don't know so, so my criticism isn't that leia wasn't scared it's just that reva doesn't come off as intimidating as she should but i'm starting to suspect with with kind of noticing that she's doing everything she can to not hurt leia yeah. and not in the sense of like oh my gosh i'm gonna strangle this kid but like i really don't want to hurt her i really don't want to hurt her and she even apologized she's like i'm sorry you give me no choice so is this part of setting up like whatever they reveal whatever they're going to reveal about reva will we retroactively look back and go oh maybe that's why she acted a little off here maybe but she was also on that like torture table, you know, and like she That's was about to get not. tortured but until Tala, until Tala, Tala distracted, right? Tala had to distract. Right. If that didn't happen, she would have, she would have done that to Leia. So I don't know. I that's what she apologized. So if you, but if you go back and look, think about how long it takes to get there, yeah. that, that's just, now this is pure theory territory, of course. And of course, at the end, she kills Wade, you know. Uh, whoever that guy was that we were supposed to care about. <laughs> poor, poor Wade. I'm like, oh, wait, one scene. Oh, I he's there. more to that than that, too. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm deflecting with humor a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm with Curry. I do think that she was not trying to hurt Leia. I, I, and I'm going back with she's a senator's daughter as well. I, I think once, I, would have, I feel like once they get Kenobi, like say they just got Kenobi this episode and that's what happens. Then they'd be like, all right, we gotta give the we gotta give away it back to the senator. If not, this is gonna mm -hmm. be a problem. Because the Imperial Senate is still like a thing. Uh, right. and has structure. Like she just can't be put up in the tomb, you know. So yeah. uh, you, you can't just torture a senator's daughter. I don't think she had ever intention. Um she kidnapped one. Yeah. Without the permission of the Grand Inquisitor. Or Vader. I don't know. Where is he? Where is the Grand Inquisitor? I've been waiting to bring that He's up. in the tomb. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that would have been that would have been quite the reveal. <laughs> then I will get mad about breaking canon if he's just dead, but he's not. I don't. I still don't believe it. The writer basically confirmed he's coming back, but yeah. I'm like, they're really saving this for the late game. Like, where There's is still he? two episodes, man? There's still two. Literally, episodes. he's not like the main antagonist of this show. But physically, literally, where is he? That they all think he's dead. You just want to know specifically what planet, where, where is like, he? <laughs> like when they showed him after he got stabbed, they literally put him in the bottom of the shot like this. <laughs> like, okay, the, everybody thinks he's dead. Like, unless Vader's the only one that knows. So, is he blinking? 
like... I don't know. I'm just I'm very like ready for that. And it's not that's not so much a criticism. I'm ready to figure out where he's been, what the deal is. Hey Jessica, Jess. I'm ready. I'm ready to find out what Reva's deal is. I'm at that point in the show. When you get to that halfway point, you're ready for answers. Mm-hmm. And this episode delayed <laughs> was those not, a bit. <laughs> well, it delayed those, but it rushed through something else that yeah. I don't feel like really needed to be rushed through. But anyways. Yeah. So and and hey, you know, that stuff, we'll see. Because, listen, there is something that I'm really, I do have a lot. By the way, really quick, Ash says, no Jess for two episodes in a row. I know Jess is out of town, but she is in the chat. So tell her hi there. Um, so really quick, there is the, the, uh, uh, oh no, I'm blanking on his name. Stanton. Um, Andrew Stanton. Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. So the lead writer slash director of Finding Nemo, Wally, uh, and he was one of the main writers on Toy Story, uh, and several other Pixar movies, some, several of their upper tier movies. And Pixar is honestly probably the best studio around these days, uh, the most consistent studio around. And he just knows how to craft a good emotional story. He is writing episode five. He's co-writing it with the same guy who's been writing. Um, and I think there's been a different co-writer on almost every episode. If He's not doing every episode, episode six too. Uh, I saw them on IMDb, but I, I, I IMDb is kind of like, it had a, a few other people on there too. So I don't know how, is that, is that correct? Yeah, well, I saw it on Wikipedia as well, but okay. Well, it could be if he's if he's I think writing all the writers like kind of worked on the finale, right? If he is co-writing, even if it's just this one, I have a I have high hopes for this next episode's writing because um, he knows how to craft an emotional story, and so I do expect some of the emotional stuff that we're wanting in this episode, and I still think we might look back on the show once it's done, and we could think, okay, well, we were worried we were worried about nothing. And but we could get to the end and be disappointed. We'll see. But um, guys, we got to get off of here in a second. But can we at least like for spend? We got to spend two minutes talking about Angry Vader. I, dude, when he walked in through that hallway, I felt Hayden Christensen. I felt Anakin in. I felt him in the suit. I felt his anger. Thank you, Curry. (laughs) I felt his anger. Every bit of it when he just reached out and, and force choked her. What did y'all think of that part? It was it was all it was perfect <laughs> Vader. He, he, he was walking through that hallway. Um, you don't even have to you don't even have to ask if he's mad. You just know he's like, where is this? Where's where where is she? I need her. Like I need a. It's over. And then he comes in there and he's not just doing a like a force grab. He's turning into it like like he's throwing a haymaker. You know, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I, I love, for one, like in the original trilogy, like I love Vader. Like, no, I'm not, this is not a criticism, but like of the time, it was, he's very, he moves around very clunkily, right? He still does because he's mostly robot. But here, I've never seen Vader move so fast. Oh, like man. in anger. <laughs> like he was booking it. And not only that, but like the, just the quick, like immediate, like I don't tolerate failure. I'm going to kill you, but I'm not going to kill you quick. I'm going to kill you slowly and like waiting to hear the explanation before he does it. But then like recognizing what Reva did and him thinking to himself, I I see Anakin's tactician mindset come out, you know, and like how Vader is actually a lot smarter than everyone else in the room. And I think Vader knows more is at hand. I'm just that this is just me theorizing again. And Vader's playing the long game and ah, it's just, I love everything about Vader in the show. Yeah, they're handling Vader very well, uh, in yes. my opinion. But I also think it's really interesting that in the last episode, when Obi Wan and Vader fought, or you know, Obi Wan kicked or was was his butt was kicked by Vader. You would think right there, Anakin would just be totally uh, not worried at all about about Obi Wan, and the fact that obi-wan lives in his headspace so much that we see him walking down that hallway so angry that they still haven't caught him that they let and that and that they let him get away it is abs like i love that we're seeing him just so mad and obi-wan just lives in his head rent free and Mm -hmm. it it is pretty great even but 
I'm I cannot wait. They're gonna show down again, and I can't wait. <laughs> I can't. Do you wait. think we'll get a uh, Vader version of Darth Maul? Uh, Kenobi, but in Vader voice. <laughs> 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 he didn't know, so can he do Kenobi? Please God. No. <laughs> Jessica, really quick. Jessica says, "I really love this episode. I'm so excited to see what happens next week. So sad that I couldn't make it tonight. Stupid airlines. Yeah, Jessica, we really missed you tonight. And she was really trying hard to get back. She could not get back in town. Um, uh, and uh, so hopefully you you'll get to be on for for the next couple. But Jack says Obi Wan has a pre- has permanent resonance in Vader's head. I completely agree, man. Even though you know." Anakin slash Vader is very cocky and arrogant about everything. He still is insecure at times too. And I think Obi-Wan is still in his head and I love it. I loved how that was portrayed. Um, uh, And one little thought, and then we'll, and then we'll wrap this up. My one last criticism. Did anyone think it was so silly when they were high, when, when Obi-Wan was hiding uh, Leia under the trench, under his coat, when they were just walking through all of the Star Troopers? I thought thought that was so, I mean, it was funny. I laughed, but I was like, I don't want to be laughing right now. Because it was like, like, come on, this is the best idea they can come up with. Like, like, (laughs) but when, when I, when I go to the, the certain trainings and stuff, like there's a video, I know it now. And this is the only way I can describe it to anybody. Like, I was like, this would never work. I'm like, it would work because, so there's a video and it's a group of four people. They're standing in a circle and the, the teacher or instructor will say, Hey, I want you to count how many times they pass the ball between each other. Like you have to get this right. So you watch the video. I think the answer is like 17 or something. And, and, every, and then he's like, what'd you get? 17, 17. Some people say 16, 18 or whatever. And then the second question he asked, did anybody see the the person in the gorilla suit walk through the circle? No. And if you've never seen this video and you actually try to do the, the task at hand and normally no one in the room is like, what are you talking about? There's no way there was a gorilla suit man walking through. And he's like, I'm going to play the same video. And sure enough, a man in a gorilla suit walks through. So what I'm saying is when they're, cause they're in the, the sirens are going off uh, in the, the fortress they're all True. focused on the task. Vader's present. Like they know Vader's here or, or the, the inquisitors are mad. And if you're just a stormtrooper, you're like, what's my task when this siren goes on? Okay. I and need to Vader go. Vader lives in their headspace. <laughs> yeah. And then like every soldier and every person in the military has a task that they need to do when the alarms go off. So they're heading there. They're not looking at people's feet going, Hey, you have four feet. You have the proper, <laughs> you know, it's like, no one does. You will walk past those people. You will have tunnel vision. You will walk past them every time. So as stupid as it was, when I first watched it, I tried to say, okay, it would work. It really would work. I promise it would work. So Honestly, I can see that. That's good. That's fine. The first time I saw it, I was like, wait, really? Nobody's going to notice that. And then I kind of had a, I didn't watch that video, of course, but I kind of had the same thought, like they're all busy doing stuff. And the fact that they don't get away with it, like Reva still comes out, points them out, yeah. and immediately everyone's like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. had that worked? I been like, yeah. But dude, they miss a golden opportunity. This, this is mo- mostly in jest before Michael takes me seriously. <laughs> they should have just put Leia in a stormtrooper outfit, and then an Imperial officer could have said, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> and that's where she got it. Boom. Canon. Confirmed. Dude. If they would have done that, I wouldn't have even like that would have been so ridiculous, but I would have been like, brilliant. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Why do you not work for Lucasfilm? Like that is the best thing ever. <laughs> Lore Seeker, there's your next video. Just credit me at the end. Like, they just put like a little helmet on her or something. Like, oh, she's a, a recruit in training. Man, <laughs> I haven't short- that's a good I haven't laughed that hard in a while, man. That's a good one. Uh, all right, guys. Well, we got to wrap it up really quick before we get going. Curry, I know obviously you're one of our co-hosts, but you also have other things going on. Quickly tell us where we can find all that stuff. Yeah, so I've talked about before my um, ho- co-host with uh, our buddy Lamont English, uh, Nerd City Central on YouTube, where we kind of just have long-form discussions about Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and pretty much a lot of nerd stuff in a central location. And it's busy so it's a city anyway i don't know why we named it that but it just sounded cool and another thing that i'm getting back (laughs) thank you another thing i'm getting back on on my uh personal youtube channel uh called curinator one 
Um, I used to do movie reviews years ago, and I'm getting back on that, doing this consistently. I've been covering Obi-Wan Kenobi so far, the Marvel shows. I've got a Stranger Things review I'm releasing on Monday or Tuesday. It depends on when I finish it. So please follow me, subscribe uh, at those places, like the videos, help the algorithm. And I really just, yeah, I would appreciate any views where you can hear me talk about all the great opinions that I have that Michael usually disagrees with. Not yeah. all the time. It really doesn't happen as much as two things. 50-50. <laughs> awesome, dude. It, it awesome. <laughs> Lore Seeker, how about you, man? Um, And you just Google or YouTube Star Wars Lore Seeker. It'll pop right up. Um, we're, we're making Kenobi content every day. Um, now that I'm back and I have a consistent schedule, like literally every single day we're having a video come out and until the the series is over uh lore videos easter egg videos i don't really do uh reviews or critiques on it i just try to stick right to the the lore and the content and so far it served me well we're we just hit 17 a couple uh like a week ago we're almost to 17.1 thousand subs so it's pretty that's crazy awesome, man. Uh, that's awesome it's very fortunate so um, i'm just gonna keep building and hopefully this time next year we'll be at a new number like a, a my goal, of course, is that YouTube plaque, and we'll sit it somewhere over here. So I'm excited. Yeah, man. His yeah, content is great. Though. His content is awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say his content is okay. is very very good. Uh, it and and it is stuff that like it's perfect for me because I am not lore heavy. My my focus is not lore when I'm watching Star Wars. My focus is generally more on story and character. And I, a lot of the times the lore and details and stuff like that kind of fly right by, but, um, videos like yours help me out a lot. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you're doing your thing, man. Uh, so guys, thanks so much for joining us. Everyone in the chat, we had Ash, we had Scott, we had other Scott, we had, uh, Jack, we had a Know, maybe someone else i think that was it uh jess so glad that you were able to stick around she says y'all have a great weekend glad i could catch a little we're glad you could be here also um if y'all again if you made it through the whole podcast make sure you subscribe uh, and also go join all of our social medias they're going to be down in the description below thank y'all so much for joining us and until next week may the force be with you always